Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Sunday, December 25th. Merry Christmas Eve. That's right. It's the night before Christmas. And at my desk, I sit trying to come up with an opening bit. Don't worry. I'm not going to do a whole night before Christmas parody. I wouldn't do that to y'all. I was gonna. And if I had time to work on it, I would have. So y'all dodge that bullet. If you don't know, tradition holds that Jesus was born late at night on December 25th which on the Hebrew calendar is the 10th of Tevet. Or is it? Because the Jews start their days at sunset instead of midnight like everybody else. Which means when it's 10 Tevet for them, it's still 9 Tevet for us. Or December 24th, for six or seven more hours anyway. So technically, Jesus was born on December 24th, which is today, Christmas Eve. Which might explain why we celebrate for two days. Or was he? Was he actually born late at night on the 25th? Because this would mean his Jewish parents celebrated his birthday on the 26th, the day after Christmas. Or did they? There's several reasons, such as Zechariah's temple work schedule, his wife Elizabeth's pregnancy, and the fact that the shepherds had their flocks in the fields that night to believe Jesus was born in September, maybe even on the Feast of Trumpets, what they call Rosh Hashanah, or Jewish New Year, which would make sense, what with new beginnings and all. So where did all the date confusion come from, anyway, you ask? Well, when Constantine made Christianity the state religion, it really triggered the pagans. So to calm them down, he was like, listen, if y'all want to keep celebrating Saturnalia in December with the decorating trees and wreaths and cookies shaped like fertility symbols and gift giving and such, go ahead. Just say it's about Jesus and we're square. And the pagans were like, deal. So here we are. Our reading for today is Zechariah 6, 1 through 7, 14, Revelation 15, 1 through 8, Psalm 143, 1 through 12, and Proverbs 30, 24 through 28. So if y'all are ready, and I heard him exclaim as he said his last verse, if you can't make the world better, stop making it worse. No, that's stupid. That'll never work. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on the 23rd in the Old Testament, we read Zechariah 4, 1 through 5, 11, and Z's in the middle of a vision of Joshua the high priest and the Messiah. And he says, the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep, or like maybe a trance, because he was consumed with this vision. And he sees a gold candlestick with a bowl on top and seven lamps on it and seven pipes to the seven lamps and two olive trees by it, one on the right side and one on the left. But knowing what you're looking at don't mean you know why you're looking at it. So the angel fills him in. He says, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. And the idea here is, the seven lampstands indicate God's perfect light, and the two trees feeding oil into the bowl is all about an infinite perpetual supply of oil, which is God's Holy Spirit. And then he says, by the Lord's spirit, mountains will become plains. Nothing will stand in your way, in other words. And the headstone, the foundation stone of the temple will be laid. God's going to make sure you build the temple, basically. The angel says, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord hath sent me to you. And then he says, for who hath despised the day of small things? The first steps in laying the foundation, in other words. 
talking about people who thought this was never going to happen, are going to rejoice when they see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven, the seven lamps, which are the eyes of the Lord. God's looking out for y'all is the idea. Then Zechariah asked specifically about the trees and the two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves. And you'd think the angels would be like, dude, I just explained that to you. But no, there's more to it we ain't covered yet. He says, these are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. And the two anointed ones are literally the two sons of oil. Okay, who's that? The commentaries all disagree about who these guys are. Some said Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but the oil is the spirit. And Jesus is one of the angels he's been talking to, so I don't think so. One said Moses and Elijah. Another said Enoch and Elijah. Or Zerubbabel and Joshua. Another said they're both Christ, as in king and priest. Whatever, God has staff, and let's leave it at that. And in chapter 5, he says, Then I turned and lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a flying roll. And there's a restaurant across the state line from us in Foley, Alabama, about 50 miles away, called Lambert's. And their slogan is, Home of Throwed Rolls. Because they have this gimmick where if you want bread, they throw it to you from the waitress station or whatever. I don't think this is what that means. <laughs> I hope not anyway, because this one is 10 by 20 cubits, which is a big roll, which, as it happens, is the same dimensions as the tabernacle. What this is, is an unrolled scroll, which the angel explained was the curse that goeth forth over the face of the whole earth. For everyone that stealeth shall be cut off as on this side according to it, and everyone that sweareth shall be cut off as on that side according to it. So apparently it was written on both sides. And Barnes points out, that just as Jesus distilled the whole of the law into love God and love your neighbor, God in this vision distills all sin into lying and stealing, which makes sense. I might even say that you could distill them both further down into humility versus pride, but this ain't my vision. And in verse 4, he clarifies, It shall enter into the house of the thief, and into the house of him that sweareth falsely by my name, and shall consume it with the timber thereof and the stones thereof. In other words, all that guy does is going to burn. Next, he shows him an ephah that goeth forth. He said, moreover, this is their resemblance through all the earth. And an ephah was a unit of dry measure equal to about a bushel, about like a nine or ten gallon basket. And the idea he's trying to convey is measuring their iniquity. And what happens here is the basket has this lead lid on it, about a talent in weight, and it gets lifted up so he can see what's inside. And what's in there is a woman sitting in the bottom of the basket. And some commentaries say she represents all their sin. Because for like a thousand years, he's been comparing the Jews to whores for chasing after other gods. So here she is personified, I guess. And then he says this is wickedness. But other commentaries say she's actually Babylon. And maybe, because he puts the lid back on. And then for some reason, two women come out with wings like storks. Which these commentaries say are the Medes and Persians. Anyway, these women fly off with the basket to Shinar, which is where Babylon is, to build it a house. To build a house of sin in Babylon. Remember that as we get farther along in Revelation. And I guess what we're getting at here is Zechariah is hard to understand. Yes, but I understand this much. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's where it begins and ends. And then in the New Testament, we read Revelation 14, 1 through 20. And this is the prelude to the bowls of wrath. And verse 1 says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred and forty-four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. 
The 144,000, remember them? Notice they're all here. None of them have been killed by the beast. And verse 2 says, And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. Okay, I'm made of questions. Literal virgins or spiritual, like in the sense of never having chased after idols? I'm going to go with literal. And what song? Why can't I learn it? And remember, the church is gone. These are faithful Messianic Jews, and they're the first fruits of Israel. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. They are clothed with the righteousness of the Lamb. In verse 6, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. So, last call. Time's up. And notice he emphasizes God as the creator. And I've heard it preached that it's one thing to worship other gods, but the most insulting thing you can do is to say the universe created itself out of nothing, like the Big Bang Theory says, to worship a non-creation. I'm not saying the Big Bang didn't happen. It certainly might have. I'm just saying if it did, it was God's idea. And verse 8, And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So is this literally Babylon, or is it a spiritual representation for the world beast system, mammon worship, and stuff? Some think the Antichrist will set up his government to rule from Babylon, and that this is literal. Either way, it pretty much means the same thing. And verse 9, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark on his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. And this is weird, because number one, it says, worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark, not or. So what if you do one but not the other? Do you still get to repent? Because there's going to be a lot of people who get the mark against their will, or without understanding what they're doing, like babies when they're born. And maybe the argument is, this only lasts three and a half years, so any marked babies won't have time to grow up and understand, so it's irrelevant. Well, what if you're forced to get marked like in prison or a hospital? Unless none of that happens because it's got to be your own choice or you don't get the mark. And B, why can't you repent after both? Right now, today, you can be a Satanist that murders Christians and still repent. What's different about these post-church people? Unless God has hardened their hearts like he did with Pharaoh. And third, tormented with fire and brimstone sounds like they're going to hell. But if it's hell, why are the holy angels and the lamb there too? Not saying it ain't, I'm just wondering. Anyway, verse 12, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, 
that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. These are the ones who persevered and didn't do any of that stuff we were just talking about. And I looked and behold a white cloud and upon the cloud one sat like unto the son of man, having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, thrust in thy sickle and reap for the time is come for thee to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So Jesus is doing the reaping. And the word ripe here doesn't mean ready for harvest. It's more like overripe, like almost rotten, like it's time to get rid of it. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horse's bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. And the first thing I want to point out is there's seven angels there. But believers are compared to wheat and unbelievers are compared to grapes. And they're crushed in the winepress of God. And their blood runs four or five feet deep for 200 miles. A furlong is 660 feet, and it's an eighth of a mile, so 200 miles. And all that sounds really bad. Only two choices, salvation or damnation, eternal life or eternal death. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 142, 1-7, and that's a mascal of David, a prayer when he was in the cave. Remember that, when he was on the run? He prays in faith in spite of this trouble. He says, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path which is the lesson of this mascal right there. Yeah, and verse 7, David says, Bring my soul out of prison, that I may give thanks to thy name. His soul was caged while on the run, under pressure. He's praying for deliverance. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 30, verses 21 through 23. And that says, For three things the earth is disquieted, and four for which it cannot bear. So it's another list like yesterday. For a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat, for an odious woman when she is married, and an handmaid that is heir to her mistress. So four examples, two male and two female, all have to do with people being in positions they have no right to be in, that they didn't work to earn, and they're going to end up ruining things. And there's a lot you can do with this particular metaphor. Yeah, they all have to do with misplaced authority, power, and influence. And these four things upset the earth the personification of the earth here again. And I am with the earth on these two. A servant typically is unprepared to reign. He takes direction versus giving direction. A self-satisfied fool, foolishness supported like entertainers, journalists. I mean, not all of them are fools, destitute of reason, but enough to make the case for being self-satisfied fools, kind of disquieting. For a hated one when she rules. Now that's more of a Young's literal translation. And this reminds me of Jezebel. And her spirit is still around. A handmaid or an attendant that replaces her mistress the go- that governs. Hagar thought she could replace Sarah. But had not her son cried out for help to God, they would have died in the desert. Attendants show up. They don't govern much. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe.
Our reading in the Old Testament for December 24th is Zechariah 6, 1 through 7, 14. And I turned and lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, there came four chariots out from between two mountains, and the mountains were mountains of brass. In the first chariot were red horses, and in the second chariot black horses, and in the third chariot white horses, and in the fourth chariot grizzled and bay horses. Then I answered and said unto the angel that talked with me, What are these, my lord? And the angel answered and said unto me, These are the four spirits of the heavens which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. The black horses which are therein go forth into the north country, and the white go forth after them, and the grizzled go forth toward the south country, and the bay went forth, and sought to go that they might walk to and fro through the earth. And he said, Get you hence, walk to and fro through the earth. So they walked to and fro through the earth. Then cried he upon me, and spake unto me, saying, Behold, these that go toward the north country have quieted my spirit in the north country. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Take of them of the captivity, even of Heldai, of Tobijah, and of Jediah, which are come from Babylon, and come thou the same day, and go into the house of Josiah the son of Zephaniah. Then take silver and gold, and make crowns, and set them upon the head of Joshua the son of Josedek, the high priest. And speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, and he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Even he shall build the temple of the Lord, and he shall bear the glory, and shall sit and rule upon his throne, and he shall be a priest upon his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both, and the crowns shall be to Helem, and to Tobijah, and to Jediah, and to Hen the son of Zephaniah, for a memorial in the temple of the Lord. And they that are far off shall come and build in the temple of the Lord. And ye shall know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. And this shall come to pass, if ye will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Chapter 7 And it came to pass in the fourth year of King Darius, that the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah in the fourth day of the ninth month, even in Chisleu, when they had sent unto the house of God Sherezer and Regimelech and their men, to pray before the Lord, and to speak unto the priests which were in the house of the Lord of hosts, and to the prophets, saying, Should I weep in the fifth month, separating myself, as I have done these so many years? Then came the word of the Lord of hosts unto me, saying, Speak unto all the people of the land, and to the priests, saying, When ye fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh month, even those seventy years, did ye at all fast unto me, even to me? And when ye did eat, and when ye did drink, did not ye eat for yourselves, and drink for yourselves? Should ye not hear the words which the Lord hath cried by the former prophets? When Jerusalem was inhabited, and in prosperity, and the cities thereof round about her, when men inhabited the south and the plain. And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment, and shew mercy and compassions every man to his brother, and oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor. And let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refused to hearken, and pulled away the shoulder, and stopped their ears, that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law, and the words which the Lord of hosts hath sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it is come to pass, that as he cried, and they would not hear, so they cried, and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. But I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations whom they knew not. Thus the land was desolate after them, that no man passed through nor returned. 
for they laid the pleasant land desolate. Our reading in the New Testament for December 24th is Revelation 15, 1-8. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God, who liveth for ever and ever. And the temple was filled with the smoke from the glory of God, and from his power. And no man was able to enter into the temple, till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. And our reading in Psalms for December 24th is Psalm 143, 1-12. A Psalm of David Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. Selah. Hear me speedily, O Lord. My spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake. For thy righteousness' sake bring my soul out of trouble. And of thy mercy cut off mine enemies, and destroy all them that afflict my soul. For I am thy servant. And our reading in Proverbs for December 24th is Proverbs 30, 24-28. There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make they their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king. Yet go they forth all of them by bands. The spider taketh hold with her hands, and is in king's palaces. And that'll do it for the 24th. All right, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Ecclesiastes 3.8, which says, A time of war and a time of peace. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times, and meditate with me for a little while on being trapped behind enemy lines, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, 2,000 years ago, your son came unto us teaching and preaching a message of peace. For this is the time for turning the other cheek and carrying the burden an extra mile. 
He warned we are trapped behind enemy lines in territory governed by Satan, and as far as possible should go out of our way to function within it, because soon the time for war will come, when the Lord Jesus returns to collect us and pours wrath out onto the beast. Until then, we wait for you and pray that day comes quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yallin' I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, what I really need you to do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squaw and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you ain't going to make things any better, just try to avoid making them worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all.